happening. You having fun? I'm having fun, yeah. Nerves are getting out the way. <laughs> hey, Preston, did the, the little earbud thing fall down? Little I think it's still in his ear. <laughs> I noticed, but I was like, do I say anything? That or? was like the something there's something about Mary and the come on the ear. <laughs> This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite language learning app such as Duolingo, but it could be. It, it really could be. Guys, Duolingo is amazing, and if you don't take your lessons... Nothing will happen to my fam family, right? Duolingo, please, please, guys, please, please use the app, please. I, I, I miss my kids. I miss my kids. <laughs> my next guest, I'm so happy to have this person on my couch. Thank you so much for being here. The one and only Angela Dahl. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here so much. Uh, this has been. I mean, we've been trying to get this booked with Preston for a little bit. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the cook in the corner. We, is, is he back? Can we say Preston now? We can say Preston. You've been in here. Yeah, it's Preston, <laughs> a.k.a. Cuck. But welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. Um, thank you for coming all the way to Bartlesville. I know it's a little bit of a drive. It's beautiful. Beautiful on the way down here. Mm -hmm. Some beautiful homes and properties. And then you get to mine, you're like, oh, shit, what did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, how you been? Been doing pretty good, adjusting to um, a new apartment. Oh, nice! Really? Yes. Uh, you guys still moving, or is it? How, did you guys get it finished, or what? I am all settled, finally. Thankfully, nice. yes. Uh, I hate moving. I I hate it. Yes. I, I always say like I know I adjust my friend group by depending on how long or how soon I have to move again. <laughs> yes. So if I get like twelve or fifteen friends, yeah, it's time to move. I only have five. I'm I'm safe. Yeah, sounds good. Well, I'm I'm pretty safe out there then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long have you been in the business of uh, entertainment? Well, um, I recently got into it, so maybe it's been about eight months. Okay, pretty recent. Tell me a little bit about that. Like, uh, what's your experience been so far? Well, I, I've had a really good experience. I started um, doing talent nights. I started hitting all the talent nights in town, and that's how I started getting out there. And then um, I started doing a little bit of burlesque, and that was pretty exciting. Started doing a little bit of drag. Yeah. And then um, I started trying pageants out. So that's also something I've been doing recently as well. Because I saw, I think the first time I met you was outside the Mojito. Um, I think Missy was doing the one of her um, Yucks and Chuckles shows. Oh, yes. Um, shout out to Miss, Miss Little Miss MG. I uh, love her. I love her, too. She's amazing. Um, still also one of my best guests on the show, too. Um, I wish I still had her puppets. She made me um, inflatable balloon animals, and she made me a little pussy and a little dick. But they, <laughs> I had them on my set for a little bit, but they kind of shrunk. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was cold. It was cold out that day, Preston. Okay. <laughs> I have a shrunken one too somewhere <laughs> in a box. Hi, <laughs> <By> Missy. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Did I find it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the hell? Here you go. There's your gift. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Um, I think we smoked a joint outside the, 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 that club that night when I first met you too. Oh, I probably did. We I'm were passing around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the bonding I love about this community. I love um, 
the first night I came out and did open mics in January, I got introduced to a lot of people because we went out to the colony afterwards, and I got introduced to the burlesque scene. Um, the drag community a little bit was there. There was a live performance, a band going there, and a whole bunch of comedians. And I kind of got introduced to like this melting pot that is Tulsa of like all this different talent. And that's why I always wanted to shape this show around it. Um, I've told Preston before is season one, I didn't really know what I was going to make this show about. I had no idea. I did like 10 episodes and they're horrible. I'm never going to let anybody see them. <laughs> Just trying to figure out what I was going to do in this, this space. And then I went out to that colony show that night and got introduced to so much talent. And people were so welcoming that I was like, I got to do a show about this, introduce and put a spotlight on this. And it doesn't matter if you're a comedian, a burlesque dancer, drag, whatever. I want to have you on here if you're putting in the effort and making Tulsa awesome. And that's just what I want to do. I love that. Um, so thank you for coming on because it's like, again, even though you're not a comedian, I recognize effort. Yes. And you put in a hell of a lot of effort on your, you. your outfits and everything, your shows. And I So also, whenever um, I have a guest, I do research. So I watch stuff on clips and everything. I'm like, on your Facebook. I'm not trying to be, you know, creeper or anything. I'm not like hiding out the tree, you know, in the, the bedroom window in a tree or anything <laughs> like that. But no, I like to kind of do some research and stuff. And I just want to say, yes, I really highly admire how much effort and work that goes into the things that you're doing. And I love having you here. Oh, thank you. That really means a lot. Yeah, it's definitely takes sometimes a lot of effort, stoning yeah. outfits and just putting them together. And um, definitely it comes together nicely. Yeah. But the process sometimes is not so nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the audience never sees how much work goes into like that five minutes or 10 minutes that you're up there on the in the lights. Like there's so much work. And then also that it's like how much stuff is not that I'm saying anything about your, your outfits or anything. Like it's how much stuff is like behind the scenes, like last minute, like put a paper clip in there, put some duct tape in there, get like, oh, yeah. get this stuff going, make it look good for the scene. And then it just falls apart as soon as you get off stage. That's, <laughs> That's the most happen. of everything. It's like stitching stuff at the last minute, yep. glue and stones on things. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that though. Cause like, it's not just so much paying your dues, but like that effort and stuff, honestly, I think makes a better show. Oh, yes. I think so. And I honestly, um, I've told people coming onto this show, because there's been some times where I've had other comedians that were like, hey, this person's been in the scene for five years. You should have them on the show. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, you shouldn't have this person on the show. They're, they're, they're too new to the scene. I'm like, but they're doing 10 times the effort as that person that's been in the scene for five years. Why wouldn't I want to have that person on the show? Like, to me, tenure doesn't matter at all. I go by effort. I go by people actually, you know, either being funny or talented, for one, um, but also being decent people. Yes. Decent really human important. beings is a big big thing for me. Why would I want to promote someone as an asshole? Just, just me. What aspects of your show do you think is, like, the what brought you to, how do you classify your shows? More drag, burlesque? What, what would you uh, I, I, I maybe would say I'm like a drag less performer. Drag less? Okay. It's like I'm mainly burlesque, but I do a little lip singing and um it is a little drag inspired. Okay. So it's like a little combination of both, I would say. Okay. Um what brought you to that? Like so like I'm always fascinated by what got you to that point where you took that first moment on stage. I am really obsessed with like the fifties, the forties, pinups, mm -hmm. just any kind of dance from that time period. Also Betty Paige is someone yeah. who really inspired me. Ooh, yeah. And I'm um, just seeing her little dances and stuff were super cute. And I think that's what kind of pushed me into it. And I just started doing looks and stuff and just doing the talent nights. I was like, let me put myself out there and put myself out there as a burlesque performer. And that's what I did the first talent night. I did burlesque. And 
I didn't know any burlesque performers or any burlesque out here at all. And it's just something I went with. I was terrified. Yeah. Still did it. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was that? You said about eight months or a year ago? It was or, October 26th of last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. You got so the date exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Because I, I almost turned around a few times. I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? Why am I going there? I drove myself there. So it was pretty scary. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you're still doing it because I think you have something. I know you have something because I could see it whenever I, like, I even watch those videos. But no, like, uh, again, I go by effort. So like when I was watching your clips today and stuff on the w waiting here, I was like, I love seeing, like I said before, I could tell, and I think an audience can tell when somebody is putting in the effort or like seeing how much work something goes into it because you can see you're passionate about it. And I think that comes through in every performance, whether you're a comedian, burlesque, drag, bur less drag. I mean, what was the word again? I'm sorry. We, drag less. Drag less. <laughs> the marijuana is really hitting me now. Um, drag less, anything. It's going to come down to, the, you, if you see the passion, you see how into it somebody is, I think that comes down and makes the performance of the, the performance. Um, so hats off to you, because I, lo I love your, watching your clips. Oh, thank you. It's very exciting to hear. <laughs> I love watching your videos, your uh, your Facebook posts is what I was on. I was just scrolling through Facebook, and I was like, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. I, like that. I was going through your outfit, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the funnest part. It's putting the looks together, for sure. <laughs> what would you like to talk about? You seem more together than I am. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm actually pretty nervous. So oh, really? I I, I'm glad that I'm coming off as put together. <laughs> so you told me that you collect Barbies. I collect Barbies. Um, I probably have about 600 Barbies, so that's wow. pretty exciting. Yes. The vintage mixture or just like? I have a mostly vintage, a lot of 80s, 90s Barbies, usually a lot of thrift store dolls that I just clean up. And yeah. I have a box of bodies. We joke about it a lot. So if I find a Barbie head I like and her body's all tore up, yeah. I will just put her on a new body. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done the same thing with my action figures. I've made customs. With, I, I, my Magneto up there, they didn't have, they didn't make one, so I made one for myself. And I have the, the little like robe with them and everything like I, I accessorize the shit out of my stuff oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was going to talk about preston i knew looking back from therapy like i can go back to moments in my life where i'm like makes sense like i didn't deal with coming out or anything for a long time but then i always remember the super bowl every year we weren't really into football but my mom would pick a team based on who had the better outfit and i was with her and i was like yep that's kind of to this day how i picked the super bowl winner i'm like yep i love their out their uniform better i love that and i'm like makes <laughs> sense now yep 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 it's all clicking now <laughs> my high thought came back to me yeah but no i love collecting and uh i love the show on netflix with like toys that made us and they even had an episode about barbie i don't know if you've watched it or not um oh i probably have it's it's, just, it's a fascinating show about just the, the toys that we collected as a day you know back in the days and like how much value they are and the history on them they did like a star wars one a power age one they did a barbie one my little pony um fascinating to see the histories of those uh I, I love talking to collectors. Even I mean, Everybody can collect something. Yes. It, it's like, so what is it about Barbie that just does it for you? Well, I think maybe in the 90s, um, just having Barbies, and it was something that I really didn't have many. Yeah. And I remember seeing lots of my cousins have tons of Barbies, and my mom bought me one Barbie. And that Barbie just stuck out in my mind all throughout adulthood. And that's the one that I hunted down and bought, and it's what started it all again. Yeah. Uh, same thing. I, I think I told you about my my Power Ranger. Like my ex wife was like, "You should get that one," and it just started it. Oh yeah, and I can't stop. I, I can't. know it's and it's very hard. And then yeah. you run out of space. And you have to buy more shelves. Then you have to like start making sacrifices. Like oh, I don't I don't need that pot and pan set anymore. I don't cook that much. <laughs> more more toys, <laughs> action figures, accessories, collectibles. Yeah, they're not toys. They're collectibles. Preston, don't judge. Don't you <laughs> dare judge over there. 
so you said you have about 600 Barbies? Probably about 600, yes. Holy crap. What, what's your top Barbie? Like, what's your prize possession? Probably that Barbie that I hunted down. Oh, really? Because um, it just reminds me of my mom so much. You're going to send me a picture of it oh, so yes, we can put it definitely. up. So I can show like the audience like which Barbie we're talking about. I'll put it right here between us. And I'm in the process of getting all my shelves set up, so that'll be pretty cool to share, too. Nice. Yes. I would love to see that because I... I, I I'm still working on mine. Some of my shit still fell down. So um, what are your goals with with the Draglesque? Did I say it right this time? Yeah. Yay! Yes! Marijuana! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think right now I'm trying to um, rediscover, like, where I really want to go with um, drag and burlesque. Um, you know, you start getting more opportunities, and you want to make sure that you're accepting the right opportunities and not the wrong ones. Yeah. So that's kind of just um, the point that I think I am now is just finding um, – how I really want to put myself out there. Sure. So that's probably the most struggle um, that I'm dealing with right now is just wanting to make sure I'm choosing the right stuff that fit the image that I want to go with. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, I can relate to that completely, even in the comedian world. Like, there's some shows and stuff that I'm in certain circles that you try to mix with and try to, you know, do a show here, do a show there. But I'm already learning that there's certain circles where I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be associated with that circle, or that's gonna not gonna be the best look for like my company or my business that I'm trying to, you know, put an image out there. Uh, so I'm already running into that too. So I can relate a little yes. bit with that. <laughs> um, and it's finding that line between. Sometimes it's a friend involved that's posting a show, and sometimes it's like I I want to support you, but I can't. It's, it's there's some there's some rocky areas. Sometimes you're running to in, in entertainment. I'm sure you're finding that too. <laughs> Almost definitely yes. And I'm not really from um, Tulsa. I've only been here two years. Okay. So um, I'm still getting very familiar with the area. I used to be a performer about 20 years ago in Dallas, Texas. Oh really? Okay. Yes. And I used to perform at this club called Bamboleos. Oh, really? Yes. And it was on a Latin club, Latin gay bar. And we did a lot of performances there. I got um, my start doing pageants there. I did a few little pageants. And I won Miss Bumblebee Sweetheart in 2001. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was a long time. Nice. <laughs> that was my start. And I really um got to perform a lot during those times. And it was really fun. And then I just um, – I was – maybe like 19 during that time. So I wanted to just take some time and hang out with people my age. And that's what got me away from it for a long time. Yeah. About 20 years. I so I'm glad that you're performing. I'm like, okay. I, I love seeing people do what makes them happy and what they're like, honestly born to do. You know what I mean? I'm obsessed with pizza also. What's that's, your favorite toppings? Like what's your pizza? Just cheese pizza. Just cheese? Andolini's oh. is my favorite now, but um, I like Empire. Um, I mean, I'll never turn down any cheese slice. <laughs> I love pizza. Um, I have a pizza stone in my oven. I love to like even like a frozen pizza or anything. It'll make it better. But like yes. I love making my own pizzas. I love that. Uh, pizza stone's such a lifesaver for me. I, I, I have one too. So it's it mine's from Pampered Chef. My mom got it for me many years ago, and that's one thing that I will move no matter where yep. I go. I'm taking my pizza stone, and it has a little basket. Nice. So you can like bring it out, all cute, super cute. <laughs> I have my I have my pizza stone that's just in my oven permanently all at all times. And then I have the pizza, like the slicer, like the, the spreader. And then I have like a cutting board and I have the little chopping thing. Like got a whole little unit for my pizzas and stuff. I, I go all out. Love that. I go hard. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously you can tell I eat a lot of pizza. Uh, I, I even a have a nameplate. It's like, I have a nameplate now. Like I have little fat puns and stuff on my nameplates when I bring them up. And I have one now cause I'm wearing all these shirts. It's just like Jared Ralphie Allen, not Hawaiian, just obese. <laughs> 
I don't know. I look like Kingpin from that that show. I love your pink glasses. Thank You're you. Very Barbie inspired. I like that. I like to. You, you brought up Barbie, so I switched. I literally switched them for that. I love that. That's so cute. So like, I tried to not only dress, but I just like try to like you know have fun with my attires and stuff whenever I have different guests on. And so like, you brought up Barbie. It's like I got pink glasses. I'll throw them on. I am um, one of the memories that stands out is you at Hunt with the little Power Puff or not Power Power Rangers backpack, yep. I believe. Yes. Yeah, I love my Power Rangers backpack. <laughs> Super cute. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I'm a big fan of color and pop and like just I want to be able to be memorable out there and just have fun with color. I've always been like that. Um, my car is bright orange. You can't miss it. Yes. Yet I've had two accidents because people did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but it's bright danger orange. And both times, one on each side, somebody's plowed into me. Don't know what it is. It's terrible. I know. I just got it back, like like less than a month ago. And that's the worst when someone hits your car and it's like I'm just driving. Yeah. Like, and she pulled out of a McDonald's and just like ripped right into my passenger door, and I was like, I just paid it off last year. It's it's mine. Like why? Yeah. <laughs> and then four months later, I get it back. But it's okay. I got two bulge discs in my neck and a thousand dollars. So I guess that makes it equal. <laughs> so I know you're involved with Pride this month. We're, when we shoot this right now, it's it's June. Happy Pride Month! Happy Pride! I love being prideful. I have my my bracelet at all times. I actually got this from Mojito, I believe. Oh, I paid. Yes. You know, it was, it was there and it was in the little jars. And I was like, you know what? Give me that. It's two bucks. And I was like, <laughs> I love it, and I wear it everywhere now. Um, just a little thing like that. It's like to, you know, it's fun. Um, but yeah, by the time we're shooting this or when it goes out, it'll probably be around. It'll be past it, but I know you're involved with Pride right now with the, the festivals going on right now, right? Oh, yes. I've um, had actually a pretty busy month. I um, got to perform at Cherry Hill. Oh, wow. At 3.30. Yeah, that was an amazing performance on last Sunday. <laughs> but I will be at um, June 23rd. I'll be on the main stage. At Pride, so that's really exciting. Nice, yes. congrats! Thank you. So I'm excited for a performance. I'll be wearing a super cute outfit. Very exciting. Nice. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite local dispensary, who could be sponsoring this episode. Hey, local dispensaries, I love this bong, this cartridge and pin. Ooh. This new cartridge I haven't opened yet. What's that? What? This ad's for non-smoking? They don't want drug use in this ad? Oh. What was I saying? I'm high as fuck. That thing on. I love people that are just themselves. That's it. Yes. That's we all I want. We need more uniqueness in this world. Yeah. You know, there's too many people that are the same already or yeah. trying to fit into a certain mode. Yeah. So it's nice to break out of that. Yeah. Um, I like, you see me at my open, open mic. I'm wearing flashy colors. You saw the Power Ranger pack pack. I want to just have fun when pops of color to stand out to where it's just memorable having fun. Yes. I want to be unique. I don't want to be, nothing wrong with the 20 straight white men that are doing comedy every fucking Wednesday and Thursday and Monday and <laughs> Tuesday and Saturday, Sunday, all days of the week. But, you know, we can have some variety sometimes. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm all in black today. Usually I'm pretty much all pinked out and bright. But this is like my Wednesday Adams look. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I'm feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Are you going to do the dance? Oh, no. <laughs> We're not going to play the music. We'll get copyright struck. <laughs> uh, um, we do have Sting here, though. We can make Sting dance. No. <laughs> uh, we, I think he's still on, too. He'll make sounds. It's actually kind of sexual when you play with Sting. It's actually kind of weird. Oh, yeah. yeah, like it's a, it's a wrestling pillow buddy, but he makes sounds like whenever you hit him and stuff, and it just sounds like, uh, uh. He makes like a sound? You can yeah. punch him? Or like punch him in the stomach. Uh, hit him again. <laughs> like, there's some things you can do. That's those sound effects are gonna end up on Pornhub. Like, they probably are already. <laughs> so you talked about how like you're being more careful with how you book yourself and mm-hmm. just you know picking and choosing where you want to you know go with your brand. Um, so let's say you booked a show. How far in advance do you usually like to be booked? Like, how long does it take you to make an outfit or get that stuff ready? Like, I'm always fascinated by that part of it too. Well, usually it's about a month in advance. I try to fill my schedule. I'm like, I'm already working on next month. I'm in June was filled. I'm preparing outfits. It That's probably one of the hardest processes because most of my clothes has to be tailored to my body. If I buy anything, it has to be cut and re-sewed or anything. So that's the hardest part. Do, so you, I do. do you take it out or do you sew yourself or like how a mixture or how does that work? It's a mixture. Some things I, I do myself like this, um, this skirt, I sew this tool on top of the skirt myself but a lot of um a lot of the stuff i wear is made by boston so um if i can get anything from them i'm like i want it um um, but yeah mostly i just get um outfits from local performers they'll sell outfits or have things made yeah um so you say it takes about a month or so to to get it prepared and everything definitely um but um, once you have a good closet you can rotate a lot of outfits yeah um I find it always fascinating. I think I've talked on a couple podcasts. Like, so I have an unusual pro- approach to my career, my stand up. Um, I'm a, I grew up loving pro wrestling, and I see a lot of similarities with uh, independent wrestlers and how they get booked and how they're like making their own costumes, doing their own stuff, and they're promoting stuff and sometimes doing shows for like a you know a hot dog and a handshake kind of thing. I see a lot of similarities between independent wrestling and stand up. Um, I also see those similarities when I get into like looking at like drag performers and stuff like that, because there's a lot of wrestlers that are making their own costumes. And I, don't, I don't know if you've ever, are you a wrestling? I'm, I'm not sure if you're a wrestling fan or not. Um, uh, I've watched like WWE, things like that. I'm sure you can see like when they do their entrances, their beautiful, elaborate yes. costumes, their robes. Um, I honestly think a lot of them are very influenced by drag and they just don't want to admit it. Um, Ric Flair's robes. Ric Flair, especially like those are some of the most beautiful robes that you can't tell me a drag performer would not be in that same robe. Like yeah. some of those robes are just very drag, drag or drag esque inspired. It's usually stoned down. Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a performer in uh, WWE named Bianca Belair, and uh, she's very homegrown, does her own stuff, and even though she's a multi millionaire now, like you know, main evented WrestleManias and stuff like that, she makes all of her attire herself. She hand sews her entrance gear, her actual tights, everything. She makes it all herself so that way before every big match, it means something to her. So, like, that gear she's doing is something that she spent a month prior working on and ordering and stuff. So when she goes out there, it means something to her. And I can admire that. I can kind of, like, say I relate that, like, people with drag and stuff. I can say the same thing. Yes, and your your clothes just become so special after you put so much work into it. Yeah. It's just... Some of the pieces in my closet are just very special because I have um, taken the time to stone them myself or alter them. And it may not even be the most expensive thing. Something from the thrift store, you know, you cut together, sew, throw stones on it. Yeah. You put your passion into it and it 
become something so special. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm dabbling in it a little bit soon. Um, so as I explore my sexuality and I get more comfortable with myself and stuff like that, I'm also trying to bring that into like how I dress on stage and stuff like that. So like I'm also part Scottish. I my family has their own coat of arms, the Robertson coat of arms. We have our own crest and everything. Um, I'm trying to get some big boy kilts made. Yes. And I want to wear more different kilts, and I want to I want to rock the look of a kilt with a blazer. And with my beard and my, my ponytail and everything like that. And have my pink glasses, white glasses. And I didn't want to just not be, I want to be loud with it, but I love that look. And I already wear it most of the time. I'm, I wear the fat guy equivalent, just basketball shorts. You know, it's the same thing as a kilt, <laughs> pretty much. It looks so awesome. I think it'd be good. Yes. Um, so I'm researching and trying to find my, my actual clan pattern from Scotland. And I'm going to kind of cross that with more flamboyant colors too. So like maybe like, like, like it's like red with uh, green stitching. It's like the, the pattern. But I want to do like some more like flamboyant colors with it too, like put in some pink, some purples, and stuff with it too, and just have fun kilts underneath a blazer. I think that'd be kind of a cool look. He's so cute. I could already see it. Um, and then like do like matching hair with it, and like the ponytails and stuff like that would be matching the colors, and like do my shoes. And I just I think there's something there that'd be a unique look because like use that with the Power Ranger backpack. I like yeah. to stand out a little bit. And uh, yeah, I just have fun with it. Uh, that's why I was excited to do this interview because I thought we would like not only just because of the Barbie stuff and the collecting, but like. Like I said with the, the the football thing, I'm always the guy that's like, okay, I'm going to judge by the uniforms. So having somebody that's in drag less that does so much work with that, I'm excited to talk to you about it. <laughs> and I, sh- I wasn't even thinking I could have brought a few of my outfits. That would have been cool. We can show them, though, um, later on when we put them in post. Um, uh, we'll have Stefano, my editor and stuff, come in here and we'll put it whatever you want. So, like, what's your favorite outfit so far you think you've had? Well, I have a evening gown that I had made that was custom made for me and um, I don't know if you might have seen the photos but it's the orange gown with the big I did yep, the yep. train okay I know the one you're talking about we're gonna have to include that one yeah oh yes yes that one that one's amazing what's some of your favorite things that inspired you as far as like your outfit choose, like choices well the nanny Fran Fine is one Ooh. of my biggest inspirations so definitely anytime I feel that I get ready it's always like how would Fran Fine Make that is a up. deep cut. I can appreciate a nice yes. 90s sitcom or early 2000s sitcom reference. So, yes, yes. I want hats off to you. <laughs> like, you. I love that. Uh, do you still watch The Nanny or is it available anywhere? Because I need to watch it now. You I, brought it I up. have it all on DVD, so I haven't watched it. Well, right now, I don't, my, I don't even have a DVD plug in. <laughs> but, um, well, you just I moved. Do. Yes. <laughs> and I did put it up on the wall, and um, I guess I didn't put it on an ang- on a. The wood part. Oh, the stud, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it just flew off the wall. Oh. So I'm like, I'll wait till um, I have help with that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Yes. I've also fell through a ceiling once while I was like moving direct TV line in my ha- my dad's house. <laughs> they were like, I was like, can I have TV in my room? They're like, well, you're going to have to run the satellite cable because we lived out in the country. So they're like, if you want to do it, you got to run the cable through the attic. And I was like, okay. Five minutes later, I fall through the ceiling and just <laughs> right through. Ouch. That hurt. Uh, I missed the bed by like two inches. <laughs> if I was like just two inches over, I would have landed perfectly on my bed, been fine. <laughs> yes. My dad ran up the stairs and was like, well, at least you got the cord in the room. Like, <laughs> I was always He's like, get out. <laughs> just a gigantic hole in the ceiling. Uh, I was even fat back then. Um, <laughs> I just do it for his reactions. That's all I do these fat jokes for is just his snickering reactions over there. <laughs> Um, so I do want to hit up on that a little bit though. We keep talking about Mr. Preston in the corner. Um, I said it like two weeks ago at the open container. I think you guys are the cutest couple in Tulsa. Um, 
I just, I don't know. I just, I, I love it. I just like every time you guys, I just see you guys every time I, the shows and stuff like that. And it's just, you guys are cute. Oh, thank you. <laughs> He's super cute. He definitely makes me look cuter. <laughs> so how long have you guys been together at this time? It's June now. Happy Pride Month again. Well, we've been together officially probably about a couple months, but you know, we've slowly been getting to know each other and it, um, we got to know each other well on many, many walks on the river. Nice. <laughs> Uh, he's going to come in here and hopefully we'll get his episode shot. For those that don't know, Preston has tried to do an episode here twice. And uh, we have a silent film of him that I need to work on too, possibly. <laughs> um, we shot an episode with Preston Sly and Trash Hyena back to back. And both of those like almost two hour episodes didn't get any audio. So they're just silent movies. I mean, I'll just say that you were farting the entire time and I had to fucking block it out. <laughs> and we're back, guys. <laughs> I have the one and only Angela Dahl. Right. I always, I'm going to stumble over that name 20 times before I get it right. <laughs> okay. I have the one and only Angela Dahl on the, t- yeah, got it. So, again, thank you for being on the show. Yes, such a fun experience. Thank you. Uh, this has been so much fun. We're still talking. What would you like to talk, well, what can we talk about? We talked about your outfits. We've talked about uh, how you started. What else would we like to talk about? What what topics would you like to discuss? Um, spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the clip. that's the clip right there. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know I had Bob Barker coming in. The, the shelters are overwhelmed. Yeah. And even when I'm like door dashing on the side and stuff, there's so many animals that are just wandering the streets at all times. Cats and dogs just nonstop all night. You know, I'll be out 3 a.m. and there's just dogs in the McDonald's parking lot just sitting there looking for scraps and stuff. And it's just sad. Yes. Um, I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say the only time I've ever seen those dogs get taken care of is like when they interact with the, the rampant homeless we also have in Tulsa. Oh, yes. Um. And the homeless take care of the dogs. <laughs> And it's more of a problem. It's like they don't need to be the ones taking care of them. Like they have their own problems. <laughs> now we're not we're not saying to spay and neuter the homeless guys. Please no. don't get us wrong. <laughs> get that on prices right. <laughs> That'll be the new game with Drew Carey. So um, you said you recently came from, or you recently to Tulsa. Um, you touched on a little bit that you started around in the Dallas area, right? Dallas, yes. So tell me about that. I um, was born and raised in Dallas, actually. So um, I spent about 34 years out there. It's a long time. Wow. Yeah. So most of um, my life I've spent out there. So this is so new, just being in a new city. It's I, Even it's been two years, I still feel so foreign out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some of the things that you, like you did growing up in Dallas? Like, like so, like is there things that you miss there that you can't get here? I mean, of course, you there are, but is there any examples of things like you're just like dying to go back there to see? Or are you done with Dallas completely? Or my mom lives in Dallas, and um, her home is there, so Dallas will always be my home. Yeah, um, the lake. I grew up pretty much always at Joe Pool Lake, and that's the one thing I miss the most. It's 15 minutes from my mom's house, and it's like any time I was just wanting to get away, I could go to the lake and. Spend the day there, take my wagon, fill it up with everything that I could think of, <laughs> and spend. I would be all day at the lake. Nice, uh, just sitting on like the beach side, or like what would you be doing? I would swim. I would swim, and I would go hiking into um, just like by the shorelines of the lake. They have a really nice little sandy beach, and it kind of goes off on a trail. Nice, super nice. What's and, the name um, of the lake? It's called Jopal Lake. Jopal Lake. Yeah. Okay, it's not the, the the most popular lake out there, but it's for me. It was. 
many, many good times. Nice. I've even been there many times by myself. I've camped there by myself. Nice. Yes, they have little camp parks around it. There's also um, Cedar Hill State Park right on the lake. Oh, really? Yes, which is um, kind of off of FM 1382, but that park is beautiful as well. They have an old little barn farmhouse, which was from the maybe early 1900s, but all the old farm equipment is still there. The farmhouses, everything is still set up there. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yes. Um. That sounds awesome. Like I, I grew up around this area. I grew up always in Bartlesville, or um, I actually grew up in a town called Copan, which is about twenty minutes north of here. It's on the right on the Kansas border. Small little town. It's so small. The only thing you have is a gas station and a Dollar General. Like that's that small. Um, it has influenced a lot of comedy bits because I always talk about how like you ever drive in Oklahoma, and I'm sure you've seen in Texas stuff too, where like there's some little towns where the only thing they have is a Dollar General or a Sonic. Like how do they even find these towns? But Dollar General finds a way. Like, how did the town get Wi-Fi? Dollar General. Like, it's just something <laughs> something happened. But, yeah, like it was so small. We just had a Dollar General and a truck stop. And I grew up on 20 acres out there in the middle of nowhere. And, yeah, I loved – we had a, a lake called Copan Lake. It's still out there. But it was just right across the highway. We can go over there and just camp out there and go, you know, water skiing or whatever we wanted to do out there. And it's just great to grow up by that lake. Um, it kind of sucks now because there's another lake in this area called Hula Lake. And it's the water – source for like all of our tap water and everything like that for like four different towns and it because of the rain being not coming in this load and the water being kind of dried up um we're all on like water rations now like even our town like we have to pick a certain days we can like go on use the hose and stuff like that or even take so many showers a week like we're on strict water wow i did not know about that yeah it sucks right now <laughs> so it's like you can't even take baths they're, like they're restricting like don't take too many baths like they're like if you uh go over a certain amount like my water bill will be insane like there's so so much restrictions on it right now. It's like Las Vegas, like Nevada. Yeah, and it's just Bartlesville. And they don't report that on the news, really. No. I mean, if I mean if they have, I haven't watched. <laughs> I don't have TV. No, it's more like <laughs> Bartlesville's so small that it's just the local radio. I mean, they talk about it a little bit, but it, yeah, it's just one of those things where like every day we're like, thank God there's rain coming here. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna get some rain. Now we can take a shower or something like that. We feel so hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> So we talked off camera a little bit about you growing up in Dallas stuff, and you mentioned that you went to a place called Walt Whitman. Uh, yes, I went to Walt Whitman Community School, which was one of the only gay high schools around, and this was almost like 20 years. It was 20 years ago. and um, That's very progressive. Yes, it really was. And it was also in, in a church for a while, but white by... Really? Yeah, in a church? In wow. A church. It was at White Rock Lake Community Church. Which um I don't I'm almost sure it was it wasn't affiliated with the church but it was um in like one of the back buildings yeah it was good they offered a lot of safe safe places for a lot of people yeah in the time and it, it, that's needed it's yes. very it's very needed um especially in the political climate even today I mean it, it, there's gotten better in some places I'm sure you can talk about that as much as you want like yes. from your own personal experiences like just you know there's hit or misses we still got a long ways to go <laughs> almost definitely um but it's amazing to me and like. It shouldn't be shocking, but I wish it wasn't the state of the world it is. But my honor surprise when you mentioned that that was like a gay school. Um, it's sad for me that that's a surprising thing, but I wish there was more like that because I can see the benefits already because I can see how comfortable you are with being you. Oh, yes. And um, what's even crazier is like back in the day, it wasn't a shock like it would be today. Like, yes, you know, it was um, different and shocking, but it wasn't the way – not that – I mean, I will say that maybe 
when we went to that school, we were kind of in a bubble. Yeah. I was kind of in a bubble because I lived right on Cedar Springs. I went to a mainly gay high school. It wasn't all gay um, students. It also was um, maybe children who had um, gay parents. So it was just a safe place for just anyone who didn't feel safe. Yeah. But um. But that's an amazing thing to to have. I mean, yeah. especially in a place like, you know, like a big city like Dallas. Yes, definitely. So sad that it's not around anymore. I think maybe like 2006, seven, somewhere around there. And then the director of the school just put so much time and effort. Yeah. I mean, things like that just unfortunately just don't have the funding that a lot of other things do sometimes. Oh, yes. Um, But they are needed. I, I, I'm just so happy with that. But yeah, especially, you know, growing up in the South, yeah, especially that hear those little things is just, it's amazing. I love hearing those stories like that. And like I said, it, it does show, cause I can see, like I said, how comfortable you seem to be in. Like, I just love that. It uh, also helped having them. My mother is extremely supportive and that makes a difference. If you have them um, supportive parents. So love your children, you know, yep. no matter what, yeah. because that makes a huge difference. It does make a big difference. Yeah. Um, I love my parents. My parents supported me and they're supporting me through my comedy, you know, journey and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's going good with that. Uh, keep 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 close with your parents, you know. So they're, they're trying their best most of the time, unless you know they're assholes. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> not dad's saying everybody's an perfect. Yeah, not everybody's <laughs> perfect. But if they're putting in the effort and like you have a good relationship, respect that or honor that. You know, keep that. You know, it's 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 precious. I want to go to every city and eat a slice of pizza. Oh, nice. <laughs> Maybe every state, not Girl. every city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that like, so I'm like so love of food that like when, what was his name, Guy Fieri did his like triple D stuff and like always had those like, you know, touring around. I'm like, if I get booked on comedy shows nationwide, I'm going to go to like the places that he goes. So I'm like, I want to get some good food. Like I want to go places and like schedule out like awesome places where I'm going to eat at each place. You know what I mean? I'm that kind of, that kind of person. Of that i wish um, i wasn't well i mean i've been a vegetarian for many many years so um sometimes it gets kind of boring yeah food it's just not as exciting maybe for me but um well uh, that, that makes sense why you say you value a good cheese pizza yeah now it's making sense <laughs> i love those shoes and kill bill <laughs> they're so cute <laughs> that wasn't a roast so much this is just i, I love that movie it reminded me of Uma Thurman's outfit when she was doing the Bruce Lee outfit, and she's well, in. You know, with Kill Bill, I think everybody has this shoe. Dude, it looks like it exactly looks like the shoe. The it sh is. It's the Kill Bill shoe. It really is. I was just making a riff. No, it's the same brand. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. Well, props to you. Now I'm just. Now I'm just. See, see. NFL uniforms. See, <laughs> makes sense. He's over there doing. That. I'm like, oh, look at those Kill Bill shoes. They're super nice. I love the color yellow. I do too. Yellow, orange, like warm colors. I'm a big orange. My mother always like, because I have blue eyes. So like she always tried to dress me in blue and like she always still buys me blue stuff. I'm like, but my company's in red. Like she's like, yeah, but you look better in blue. I'm like, but that's not what my logo of my company is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vicious fight all the time. Again, uniforms. <laughs> I love you, mom. Uh, so uh, what else we want to talk about? So you said you started in Dallas. Um, you dabble, you not to say dabble, but you started your uh drag lask or would you consider drag lask back down there? Yeah, it was or? definitely drag lask. Um, I think maybe I didn't know it was drag lask at the time, but I'm um, definitely yes. 
in hindsight, you can kind of see it's like, oh, yes. So you did that, and then you said you took about like what twenty-ish years off before you came up here and started doing more. Like, what do you want to talk about? Like, what what was that break like? You know, um, it it was. I kind of just worked at Starbucks for uh, many years, and I just I just lived life really. And then in twenty thirteen, I did do like a reunion show, and that kind of maybe dipped my feet back into it. And then um, I waited another ten years. <laughs> I kind of just been working and trying to just live life yeah um and maybe just get to a more peaceful place in life and i feel like that's maybe why i decided to start performing again also um i didn't have the budget to yeah get clothes back then yeah but it also pushed me to be way more creative well i i I can relate because like i i think i told you before like my comedy story um almost 15 um I did two sets at Looney Bin like four, by this time it's like 15 years ago, and it's a long story. But like basically, the guy that was hosting the open mics, I thought was a friend, told me they didn't like your set, your band. So I was crushed, and at the time, Looney Bin was the only club in town, so I just gave up comedy. Um, found out a couple years later that it was just him; it wasn't the actual club, so I wasn't banned, and it kind of like that's why me and him don't really you know coexist anymore. Um, but that's another story. But what I was getting at is like I gave up comedy for almost 15 years. And then last year, Katie Style hosted an open mic, and I kind of just dipped my feet in. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. This is like last May. And I did a set. It went not the greatest, but I got my feet wet. You know, I got it out there, and it got me the itch again to where it took me a little bit, but I didn't go again until this January. So almost another year. So I can understand when you were like, yeah, I tried it for a little bit, and then I took it another 10 years or so. I can understand. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary to put yourself out there, especially um, when it's something so personal. Yes. And that's also what I get with my comedy. And that's why I can also admire when people do things that are personal in their standup or in their drag lesk or whatever is, you know, I've hit on my, on my assault, my sexual assault and stuff like that. When my comedy, um, I talk about that. I make jokes about it, but it's also part of my identity and part of my story. And there's just certain things where like, I can find the humor in it because I went through it and I dealt with it. You know what I mean? So it's like, when I hear people like, I don't want you to bring that aspect up in your comedy. You shouldn't do that here. I'm like, but I kind of have to, it's kind of me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's just who I am. And I can't separate that stuff anymore. So when I took that like good 14, 15 year break, I, you know, I was in cell phones where you were in Starbucks. I was hardcore into cell phones. I worked at us cellular, AT&T, T-Mobile, all of them. And was hardcore into that and put that on there. And I was tr- trying to uh, achieve that goal of like the white picket fence with the family and the kids and all that stuff. And, I have it. I have the kids. I love my kids. Um, but, you know, after two failed marriages and really pushing myself in that, it just wasn't me. You know what I mean? And I honestly, in, in hindsight, kind of thankful for COVID happened because COVID kind of was a reset for the nation and the world, for a lot of people's minds. And a lot of times in, during COVID, a lot of people were like, why am I doing this? And they kind of had that epiphany moment. And I kind of did, too. And during COVID is where I started building this. And I was like, I got to have kind of a brand for myself and I got to have a kind of an identity because... When I left, uh, I'll just go and say it, when I was T-Mobile, I was Mr. Magenta. I had pink hair. I had pink kicks. My ears were pierced pink. Like I was the T-Mobile rocking brand in Bartlesville because nobody knew who it was. T-Mobile was not even here in Bartlesville at the time. And I was that that guy. I was like the mascot. And I got let go by them. And I had no identity. So I didn't know who I was for a while. And then COVID happened, and I just was just aimless. So... It wasn't until I started building this and I kind of started working on getting in the stand-up again that I kind of found out who I was again. 
And then that also coincided with me going to therapy. I lost my marriage and then kind of dealt with my sexuality. Cause I didn't, I didn't deal with that shit for 20 years. I really didn't. Um, I do, like I said, I dealt with a lot of shame. So when my sexual assault happened and you know, the church and stuff got involved and that was like, kind of like, a, you know, they're not going to believe you if, if you tell anybody kind of stuff, I kept that hidden for 20 years. And so when COVID happened, I got therapy. I kind of dealt with all that kind of found out who I was again and kind of just learned to be happy. And I think just being happy with who I am with what I'm trying to work on now. And it just so happens to involve stand up comedy and podcasting and talking to other people that are kind of on their own paths. <laughs> you're great at it. And you're the only one that does this. Like well, thank I've you. never heard of anyone out here doing this. I, cool. I want to be that. I want to really, my goal honestly is not to get rich, not to get famous. It's just to pay my bills with comedy. I want to get to the level where I can just, I want to at least get to the level where like if a, a traveling comedian like a Bobby Lee or somebody comes in and is like doing a show in Tulsa and they want to promote, I'm the local podcast. They can come in here and sit on the couch and promote their shows. I always try to stay humble about it. And like I said, I'll cut the name. But ever since then, it's kind of put me on this path of like, okay, I'm on to something. I'm on to something. Something's working. Like I'm doing the right things. Because I don't believe that everything's luck. I know luck is involved in a lot of things. But I also am a proponent of if you do the work and you're just ready for the opportunity, always be ready for the opportunity is what I try to do. So I'm going to try to build this. I'm going to try to have this going. And if an opportunity presents itself, I'm ready. That's always what I try to do. I try to make my own luck, so to speak. That makes sense. Um, I'm sure you can relate with trying to get booked on your own shows and do your own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Getting booked. On... They, like, come all at once. It seems like bookings come all at once and go all at once. Yes, it's way, very wavy, isn't <laughs> yes. it? Yes. Um, I had to deal with that too. Like there's times where my, my mental health got involved where it's just like, I wasn't getting booked for like a month and I was like, what's going on? Like I was doing really good. And all of a sudden it's just like nothing. Oh yeah. And, um, sometimes that goes through, um, through my mind sometimes. It just, and, it, and you never want to be like, why are they getting booked and not me kind of thing. You never want to do that. Woe is me shit. Cause that can take you down a dark tent yeah. place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> been there too. Um, I'm sure you've probably been there sometimes too. Oh yeah. Um, it's a dark place to go to, but I really just try to, again, go back to just be ready. Just be ready. Double down on your work. Do the work. Keep doing your reps. You know, I'm sure you're like, we make your costumes, make your outfits, get be ready. You know, always be ready for that next opportunity. It's just something that's going to happen. You never know when it's going to take off. Oh, yeah. I try to stay ready sometimes. I'm like, if I get a gig um, and it's the right one, yeah. I, I'll be there in a couple hours. Yeah. That's like, I, 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 I'm never going to name names. But there's sometimes where I've seen a comedian go up to like an open mic and being like, you know what? Fuck you guys. You aren't paying attention. Or like, fuck you guys. I'm not going to try very hard because this crowd's not doing it. And I'm just like, then why are you wasting all of our time? Oh, like for me, it's like I drove 45 minutes here. I'm going to make my five minutes worth oh, my yeah. five minutes and get my fucking work in. My last show um, that I hosted, um, no one showed up, but we all still went out. Well, Preston showed up. So that was really <laughs> sweet. Um, so, you know, thank you for your support. You know, it does mean a lot. Um but no one came, but we all still went out there and yeah. we gave it our all and still gave a performance to, yeah. you know, the people, the, the, I think like two people, there was three people there and we were like, Hey, they came in here, they paid the $5. Yeah. They're going to get the best show ever. Yeah. And they did. Like I'm still going to go out there and give it all and have fun. You know, I'm here to have fun. I'm here to, here to perform. I'm going to give my effort and I'm sure you get into that zone too, where you're like, fuck it. I have to perform. I'm here. I have to do this. Oh yeah. Uh, there's, that point of no return sometimes. Yes. And you know, and it's, if the bar is paying me, it doesn't matter who's there. You yeah. know, I mean, even if it's talent night, sometimes, you know, you're performing for very few people um, and you just give it your all. Yeah. 
And that's kind of how I got my name out there was going to all the talent nights and yeah. continuing to go and go, go, go. And that's how I got the exposure that I do get. And some people do complain about not getting the exposure that I've gotten, but they didn't Put go the to effort. all the talent yeah. nights. And I was going to talent. That's like comedians and stuff. And I think that's how I started expanding more outside of just the drag and burlesque world. Yeah. And it's like I talked to you earlier when there's people that are telling me like who to book on this show. It's like I go by effort. Mm -hmm. And so if you're dedicated to your craft and you're putting the effort and you're putting the work in, I want to have you on the couch. Like, you know what I mean? I want to give you a spotlight because like that's impressive to me. And like I think I'd get a good conversation because I think we'd be like-minded of you're putting in the effort of your craft. You're trying to get better. I'm trying to do the same thing. There's a kindred spirit kind of thing about that. Um, and I just want to say thank you for coming here. Like thank you for being here. It's been a genuinely awesome time talking to you and interview. Uh I just, I've enjoyed this. Thank you so much for having me. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, both of you and Preston. The cutest couple in Tulsa. <laughs> um, come see them at the open container on Thursdays whenever Preston's hosting the open mics. Angela's always there. What else should we talk about? What would you like to talk about? Anything you want to hit on or anything important you want to bring up in your episode? Y'all should definitely come see me. In theater, I'll be in the play Chicago, so that's Ooh. pretty exciting. Oh, really? Yes. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, that's awesome. Yes, I'll be one of the cell block tango girls, so Ooh. that's going to be really fun. Uh, when are you doing that? That's going to be in the beginning of August. So. Chicago is what I'm super excited about. Yes, I've never had the chance to be in theater. At Studio 308 on august 11 12 18 and 19 super exciting and usually when i tell people i'll be in chicago they really think that i'm actually gonna be in chicago <laughs> i'm like no i'm just gonna be in the play um so yeah i'll be in the play that's pretty exciting nice i'm so proud of you and excited for you congrats you. Yes. um if somebody wanted to book you further where could they find you online like instagram facebook or like where, where can they find you at they can um find me on instagram angela loves dolls they could also find me on Facebook, just Angela Dahl. Nice. Yes. Well, Angela, thank you so much for being here. Thank you uh, for having me. This is amazing. Thank you. Um, I think this is, I hope, like, I hope we can get to the level where I have with Preston, right? I, I consider you a friend now. Like, it just, it's, it's nice to meet you. And nice, I know we've met, but it's like, this is the time where I actually get to sit down with somebody and actually talk to you oh, yes. and get to know you. And like, this is where I can just develop a friendship more than just five minutes at a bar saying hi. Almost oh, definitely. Being afraid to call you my ex wife's name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for watching Unloading Me. I'm Jared Ralphie Allen. This is Angela Dahl. Take care. Peace.